virgin to territory I have not touched yet in a while, in a long, long time. I'm going to go there. We're going to talk about the courts of heaven. I think we need to pray right now before we do it because there's resistance tonight already, and that's okay. <laughs> Stop it. Knock that stuff off, but we're going to deal with it. And so it's, it's, it's going to be a good night because you're going to receive something great. You're going to re receive fresh understanding and fresh revelation. Things that I've been thinking about since you and I had a conversation, but I was thinking about it way before that. And the Holy Spirit wants to really unveil some things so that we can grab hold of some legitimate court. Okay, come on. We're going to pray for him. This is good. <laughs> How good or bad you think your job is doing. <laughs> you gotta pray for him. So for so long, uh, human spirits have thought they had to lead the Holy Spirit. And your whole prayer life and your whole walk will change when you realize that the Spirit of God leads everything, including your prayer life. So the resistance you're feeling is just like the battle of wills. So lay down your will and say, Holy Ghost, do whatever you want tonight. Congregation, just say it with me, even if it's softly. Holy Spirit. Have your way in me, even if I don't understand it, even if I don't perceive it, I trust you. I just choose to trust you blindly. I thank you. You love to reward those who live by faith, not sight. Let's go on an adventure. <laughs> That guy, that guy, God is, that's it. All right, so we'll start in Luke, Luke 11. But I want us to understand this, right? That people perish for what? All right, you know that verse. That's good, we can start now good. Really, bad information is not good for us right? And good information will help you. And so here's, here's where we're going tonight. We're going right after this thing because I think there's things that are blocking us from destiny, and I think we don't understand why, and God's going to give us a good understanding tonight of why. At least I'm going to lay a foundation. Next week, I'll go a little deeper because I, you know, I had, it's too much. It's too much, okay? So if I just give at least big spoonfuls, just Put your teeth in because you're going to have to chew on some of, some of it. But um, we just got to pr prepare for what God wants to release tonight because I know it's going to be good and I know it's going to help you and I know it's going to help me. 
pray. So, Father, I just thank you for spirit of wisdom and revelation. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you dominate this place, that you overwhelm this place, and that you're going to give us understanding that we haven't known before. And so here we go, and we're going to understand the conflict and the battle in the, in the spirit realm tonight. And that's why we're going to have breakthrough in our lives after, okay? May not, may not be tonight, maybe tomorrow, maybe the next day, but you'll, have, you'll receive a breakthrough. And so we have to understand the concept of the spirit realm, and I think Jesus taught us a certain way. Jesus didn't teach us war. He didn't teach us to war. He taught us to rest in the Father. He taught us to go to the Father. He taught us to be friends with the Father. And he ta taught us to go to the judge. So those are the three things we're going to hit tonight because we need to know these dimensions of, of God. That's before we can go even thinking about courts of heavens or anything like this, okay? So We need to understand that there's a legal protocol, and we're going we're gonna to break through because we understand that there's legal notices that are, we can divert because we give the enemy power through things that are on, going on in our lives. Hello. Things that we give access, things that we open our doors to, that gives the enemy access and there's an accuser that wants to come, and he give, he, the only reason he can do things is because we give him legal right to do things. So this is what we're going to try and understand tonight. We're going to start with God the Father, <laughs> because everything starts at the base, right? Our identity comes out of one place, God, Father. Okay, Luke 11, verse 1. We know the, we know the scriptures you should know the scripture anyway. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of the disciples said to him, teach us how to pray. We talked about this a little last week. Listen, the Lord wants to give us an ability to know how to pray and reach the Father and touch the Father's heart. Is that not true? And we've all said this prayer either out of <laughs> repetition, out of memory. We say it all the time, our Father who art in heaven, come on the Lord's Prayer we know the prayer, but God wants to make it active and alive in our lives so that we understand that the Father is Father. We're going to talk about this. When you pray, you pray to the Father, right? And this is what Jesus talked about. And there's two things about the spirit of adoption that I want you to understand. It says that we cry out, Abba, Father. That's the two dimensions of the Father. Abba, meaning Abba, who's Everything's good. Come on, Abba's always going to love you. He's the, he's the man. He's always going to be there. He doesn't, ever affect, he doesn't ever judge you. He doesn't condemn you. It's the love of God on your life. How many know we need to know that? You know, Jesus died, the cross. We need the, we need the love. We need the presence. We need the power. But we need to know the love of the Father, right? The loving, endearing, and always accepting healing that the Lord releases on us. That's Abba. That's Abba Father. And then we have Father God, the Father's side, which authority. 
See, we don't see, we don't mix the two usually. We usually leave that we like the loving father thing, but we don't like the corrective father thing. And so we leave that aside. But I'm telling you, I'm going to show you in a, in a minute what that leads us to if we don't have both and it's a balance. We're going to preach a balanced gospel tonight. There's going to be a lot of information, so hold on to your seats. Okay, but we have father side authority that brings order and discipline. And you know, I, I don't like that part of father side. I don't like being that guy. Come on, we have kids. And some of you will learn. You have kids, it's different. You get a different understanding. Like someone's got to bring discipline. You can't just be, oh, love, everything's okay. No, it's not okay. Sometimes it needs to be corrected. Sometimes, you know, discipline. Sometimes it's one, two. If I get to three, you know what happens. But the Father is the one who loves us unconditionally, yet he deals with corrective guidance. How many know that's healthy? That's a healthy picture of the Father, okay? And if we know, if we know him as Abba, it could lead, if we only know him as Abba, it could lead us to what? Lawlessness. Why? Because everything's okay. doesn't matter what I do, it's all okay. It's grace, right? It's all okay. It's just grace. I'll be okay tomorrow. I'll repent today, and I, tomorrow I'll be all right. Understand? So it could lead to lawlessness. On the second side of that, the father, if we always have father, disciplinary, that type of mindset, then it could bring us into a legalistic mindset. Because it can't always be corrective. It can't always be you need to fix this, you need to fix that, you can't do this, you can't do that. It can't be that. Come on, I was a kid and I was in church and that made me run. All right? And so the Holy Spirit wants us to understand that lawlessness and legalism leads to what? Only one place, death. And so we want life. We want the Lord to give us life and life more abundantly. Isn't that what the promise is? And so the Holy Spirit wants you to understand and know Father, Papa God, healthy, man, loving Father that comes to you, loves you unconditionally, yet will correct you and guide you and lead you in the way of everlasting, right? And so we need to establish the love of the Father and understanding and knowing the Father before we can even approach him. Hello. Am I right? I think I'm right. Because if you, can't, if you can't really establish your life in him, if you can't establish your relationship in him, then you can't approach him because everything's always, you, you, you're questioning, who, well, does he love me? Is he guiding me? Where am I with him? And so this is the place where he wants to bring us. Second dimension, right? Luke 11, 5 through 8, where we know this story. And Jesus said this, he's, it's the dimension of a friend. So we have the dimension of a father, the dimension of a friend. John 15 tells us what? I no longer call you slaves. I call you friends. And why does he call you friend? He calls you friend because there's this place that he wants to bring you into that he tells you all things. Listen, 
I don't, if, I, if we've got stuff going on in our lives, I don't tell my kids everything. Hello? I don't tell my children everything. But I can tell my friend, my helpmate, the one who I'm with day in, day out, my friends, I can tell my friends my stuff, and they'll pray for me. And isn't that what the, what the picture was in, in 11, verse 5? It says this, it says, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me with his, on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer him from within. And he said, do not trouble me at the door. <laughs> I'm going to shut the door. I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> Come on. My children are with me in bed, and I can't rise and give you. But listen, here's the picture. Friends do this. Friends are intercessors. Friends pray for people that can't pray for themselves. Friends do things for others that you can't do on your own. And it's so important that we have people around us, right? And we have to know the, the Lord as our friend, knowing that he's going to be beside us, that he's the one. It says that in Corinthians that he, that he prays when we don't know what to pray. The Holy Spirit prays and releases things when we don't know what to pray. And so the true aspect of the intercessor is Jesus who is the intercessor. He is the advocate. Come on, he goes before the Father and before you. And so this is a dimension of the Father that we need to, that of God that we need to know and understand because he wants to be our friend. Didn't he say to Abraham, he said, I talked about this last week and I didn't know it was going to even overlap, but here it is. Listen, he went to Sodom and Gomorrah. He had things that he was re releasing in heaven that he was going to judge Sodom and Gomorrah. And he said, should I tell Abraham now, why would he tell Abraham? Because he's looking for someone that's going to convince him otherwise. Because he doesn't want to release judgment. He wants to release mercy. Are you hearing me? Holy Spirit wants to release mercy and not judgment on cities, on nations, on your life. <laughs> Come on, he doesn't want to release a judgment on your life. It's so crazy with the election and all this nonsense going on. I call it nonsense because we just get kooky, especially the church kind of gets a little kooky, saying, well, it's going to be the judgment that we, you know, that we're supposed to have. Don't, people don't know what they're saying. I mean, come on. God wants to release grace over America. He wants to release. And so here we go. We have Sodom. And God's brought to bring judgment. And he says, Don't I, shouldn't I tell, shouldn't we tell Abraham? Shouldn't we tell him? All right. Thanks, buddy. So the Holy Spirit is going to just release greater abundance upon our lives so that we can be intercessors. I'm telling you. And so he went back and forth with God. If I find 50. 
And it's funny because, I, you know, I thought about this scripture. Well, what if, what if Abraham just went down to two? And the Lord was speaking to me because 10 is something in, in scripture. Do you know that? 10 is governmental. 10 is, is counsel. 10 is something. It's significant. And I didn't realize that until I'm studying this through. And I'm like, God went from 50 to 40. If I find 50 righteous, will you, will you hold back your hand? And that's what we want. We want God to hold back his hand. <laughs> well, mercy triumphs over judgment. I want mercy. Give me mercy, God. I just need mercy. And he kept speaking this because he's looking for people that will rise up and pray. Come on, our job as, as intercessors, and I, honestly, I've been off the wall, I think. Meaning not off the wall like crazy. Off the wall as an intercessor because, you know, you start doing work in ministry, and all I'm doing is praying for a message and seeking the Lord for other things, and I'm, I'm not praying for the greater picture. And God wants us to always pray with a vast vision. And I know he gives us significant things, but I'm telling you now that he wants us to sit in the place of intercession. And so it went down to 10 people, and he couldn't find 10 righteous, 10 righteous in the city to save the city because there was no counsel, no counsel from heaven within the city to save the city. I'm telling you, listen, and we, I'm going to get into Job and some things that blew my mind. Job would sit outside the city with the council. And I kind of have a grasp of why God brought all that stuff on Job. It was because of, mo because of motives. I'm getting ahead of it. I'm sorry. So God's always looking for us for a reason to be merciful. And he's not wanting to bring condemnation. And so he's calling us, and he's calling you like Abraham. Right? Hebrews 12. Here we go. But you've come to Mount Zion, 12 and 22, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the assembly, the general assembly, and the church of the firstborn, come on, registered in heaven. <laughs> this is what, this is the revelation that was happening in play. To, to, to God, the judge of all, and the spirits of just men made perfect. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. And to the blood of the sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Guys, here's the thing. God, this is a picture right now, what I just read to you, of the heavenly councils. Come on, legions of angels. It, I, I don't know what you picture, but I started thinking, man, is there really, is there really a court in heaven? Does God really sit as judge? And listen. We look in Daniel chapter 7 and verse 10. It says that he sits on the throne. The books are open. The books of what? The books of destiny for your life. We think of it as judgments and God's got all this bad stuff about us. But I'm telling you, it's God's destiny over your life that he wants to release. And I want you, and if you're going in a place right now where you're thinking, okay, God, I got all these things that you need to take care of, and he, and he probably does. Come on. <laughs> but you don't live there. This is what we're doing. We're talking about intercession. We're talking about being a friend. We're talking about God being your father. We're talking about all the things that God's going to bring, listen, swift. When he spoke to the unjust judge, when the woman spoke to the unjust judge, it says this, that he brought swift 
the unjust judge. He brought swift answers and swift change. Come on, this is what God wants to do. And so God wants us to understand that he is the mediator. He's, the pla- he's in that place. And 10 is that council number. It's the governmental group. It's, you are, ready, the called out ones. You are the called out ones, the governmental ones, believe it or not. It's just a whether you're going to take your position or not. That was almost southern. Just a weather. <laughs> but it's, it's whether we are going to take our position. And God is looking for a church that will take position on the wall, right? And so here we go. We're going to this last thing. It's called it's Luke 18 and 1. Just jump over to Luke 18. I know I got a lot of, lot of scripture tonight, but it's good for you. Ready? It's men ought to always pray and not lose heart. And this is what this is that whole thing. And it's really, there's a mystery that he's about to unveil about prayer and knowing the kingdom and the governmental platform that we have. Listen, I didn't think it was in scripture. I've heard other people preaching on this, and I'm like, I don't, uh, I don't know. But the more I started digging into it, it talks more about God being governmental and more about the saints taking a governmental seat and going to the courts of heaven to release edicts and decrees and those things to shift nations and to shift places, right? It talks a lot. Ready? Zechariah, verse three, uh, chapter 3. Look at it right at the beginning. Zerubbabel. It's a picture of the apostolic ministry, the, the priestly ministry that all of a sudden is washed by angels, cleaned by heaven. And then given access to the courts. We'll get into that another week. But we'll do a few weeks on this. It's just so much. And so the Holy Spirit is really wanting us to understand this. Why? (laughs) Because I'm going to get into the ugly stuff at the end. And then we'll deal with it. Because we need to. It's all good. Because we have a loving Father. And he He wants the church to be standing, right? As pure and spotless. Come on, that's your destiny. To be the pure, spotless bride. Come on, right? And so Luke 18, I can't read fast enough or talk fast enough tonight for some reason. Thank you, Ernie, for opening this thing. So 18.1, and he spoke about a parable that men, wa- met, men always ought to pray and not lose heart. And then there was a certain city There was in a certain city a a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said to himself within, Though I do not fear God or regard man, yet because the widow troubles me. The widow troubled him. Come on, she didn't stop. And this this is part of the message that the Lord wants us to understand in this. Yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her. Lest by her continual coming to me, she wearies me. And then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. And shall, not, shall God not avenge his own elect, ready, who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them. I tell you that he, he will avenge them speedily. Say speedily. And he really, (laughs) and he says this, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, 
Will he really find faith on the earth? Makes me want to pray again. Listen, there's an appeal to a judicial, judicial system. And, and she wore out the judge. Now let's just look at this for a minute. Because God is a good judge and he's a just judge. And he wants to see his children enter into their destiny. Say, I'm his child. I'm going to enter into my destiny. Come on. And this is, what, this is the aim of the father, right? So he, she, she wore him out. And then we want to see this, that she brought a, le- a shift, and it came by legal. It came through legal administration that she all of a sudden had a shift in her life. He did avenge her, and he avenged her speedily, right? So we got to look at these few things. I just want to look at this couple things back, just reviewing. Approaching God as Father, he provides bread, fish, and eggs. Those are our needs. Right? He provides for us. He's the father. <laughs> I'm that guy. My kids want to, you know, I need this. I need that. I'll probably be doing it till I'm 70. It's okay because that's the father heart inside of me because you, you want your kids to have things that they can't provide for themselves, right? It's just how it is. You young couples, you'll all learn this soon, <laughs> Right? So then this is what it's about. It's about my, I appeal for my needs, right? When you go to God the Father, are you tracking with me? I go to God the Father for my needs. That's good. There's no condemnation in that. That's a good thing. That's what you're supposed to do. Then, the, then we go, we approach him as friend. We appeal for the needs of others and the position of the intercession. Just reviewing this stuff, right? Then we approach him as judge with an issue against the adversary, Uh uh-oh, because when the adversary has something that he can bring, then we get issues, and that's why we can't get breakthrough. That's why you can't move from one glory to the next glory because there's blockage because of the adversary, because he's got stuff on you. Come on, and listen, hear this with the right ears, because if what you're doing is working, then go for it, but I'm just going to put this out there tonight, and we're just going to touch the ice tip. All right, and break that off and see where we can get. But he says, she says this, avenge me of my adversary. Jesus puts prayer in a courtroom. And you, go, you don't go to war before you go to court. I was thinking about this in the natural. Would I rather have a fist fight or would I, would I rather have a legal fight? I'm not really sure. <laughs> right? right, take care of it right away. Right, take care of it right away. But ultimately... The, lump, the one with less physical harm, depending on who you are, would be without with doing legally, legally coming after someone, right? And so we want to we just look at this. So there's an order to do spiritual things. An adversary is the word anti-dikos. I know I shouldn't even talk about the Greek words because I'll butcher them. But it means this. One who brings a lawsuit. That's what adversary means. It's the one who brings a lawsuit, a legal and valid lawsuit. That's what the word means. How many know we better know what that means? I forgot what that meant, and then I started digging again. I'm like, oh, man. 
You better figure this thing out. Right? First Peter 5.8 says this, Be sober, be vigilant, because your who? Adversary, the devil, is walking about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. We used to make jokes, oh, I'm ripping the do-. you know, Jesus ripped the, de- ripped the teeth out of the lion so the, that that lion can't get me. But the truth is this, that the only reason the enemy's moving around and, and lurking around and seeing what he can devour is because he's got goods on you. Hello. Okay, so the Bible tells us to be what? Sober and vigilant. That means we wake up and we watch. And that antidikos, that same word, means to deny rights. Deny rights. Rights to your full destiny. Rights to where you're supposed to be in the spirit. Going to try and block you. Revelation, the purpose of your adversary is to deny your rights of inheritance. And so Revelation 12.10 says this, right? You know the scripture, right? For the accuser of the brethren who caused them, who accused them before our God night and day. He was nonstop, right? He did it to Job. Am I going there? I didn't even touch the Job thing in my notes. I'm going to go there now. Listen, we look at the story with Job. What was the thing? He sat in the council. I'm like, how does that even work? Right? And we look at it from the New Testament side, like Jesus did the work. But ultimately, we're seeing, I'm seeing in Revelation 12 that there's still, there's still stuff going on in the courts of heaven. So if there's stuff going on in the courts of heaven, I need a legal advisor. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, because I don't want to go in ignorant. And the Father wants to bring such good advice, such good spiritual advice and inheritance for us that he's going to, but we need to have the right source, and we need to have an understanding of the Scripture. And this is the problem. Most of the church, we don't have understanding of what the Scripture is saying half the time. But we will. Come on. It's okay. And God's going to bring us to a whole nother level, understanding. Okay, so he accused them night and day, and the accuser been, has been cast down, right? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they didn't love their lives unto death. So there's three things, right? The blood, the covenant brings us through because we're washed in the blood, right? And so he continued to accuse both day and night. And I don't know if I can get into Job right now. If I unlock that, I'll get lost. So the accuser is a complainant in a judicial law system. So he went there before Job, and he's saying this. He's saying, the only reason that he serves, I'm telling you, it's about motive. The only reason he serves you is because you bless him. And take all the blessings away and see what he does. It was motive. It was Job's motive. Why? Why am I saying that? Because later, and I'll, I'll, I'll nail this down in another session, maybe next week or the week after. But the whole, if you look at the scripture, what Job did was this. He would offer sacrifice. 
for his kids so that God would turn his eye. There was sacrifice given so that he said, if my kids or anyone does, anyone in my household does anything wrong, I'm offering this, not in pure motive. It was to get something from God. And so what did it do? <laughs> God said this, okay, we'll let him in. And then we have all the things and all the friends and all the, you know, and I'm, I guess I'm being one of the friends trying to figure out what the problem was with Job. But there was obviously an open door, right? So we'll go by that for now. We'll just leave that for thought. You can think about that all week. How does he build a case? And how does God not answer my prayers? This is what I want to know. This is the big question. Because all of you have unanswered prayers in the room, right? At least I do. Okay? And I want to see God release and, and bring decrees and bring everything that's out of order into order in my life. Don't you? And so here we go. So what are the legal causes? What are the things? And, and David spoke about three basic areas in Psalm 32 and 51. Okay? First was sin. And sin is just this, missing the mark. That's what it means. And here it is. This was the whole thing. Motive of, of serving was wrong by Job, an offering to God, right? Hebrews 7, 8 talks about tithe as a witness to that he lives. What's our motive between what we give unto God? And Malachi talked about the offering, the righteous offering. And God wants our motives to be pure in, when we go to the throne. So sin is anything that we, we, where we miss the mark, right? Number two, transgression, where we step over the line. Transgressions. Where we, it's what it means. is We step over the line. Act, activity against God. And see, God knows our stuff. <laughs> How many know that? God knows my stuff. He knows what I struggle with. He knows what I'm fighting with. He knows what I need to be set free from. And he knows everything in your life that you need to be set free from, right? And so it says this in 1 John. It says, little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, what? They have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. Right? Number three, iniquity. Here's the biggie. Sin that's in the bloodline. Why am I saying this to you? Because honestly, I had to go through some things in the last two months that I had to question whether, and yeah, I'll bring it, I'll put it on me, okay? But I had to question why certain seasons I would struggle in such a way. Because there's iniquity in the bloodline. I'm not, listen, I'm not digging up demons. I'm not looking for stuff under bushes. But there's revelation that God wants us to understand that if you're struggling and you continue to struggle in a certain area or a certain season or a certain area, right, could be region, there could be iniquity. And listen, this goes to, this goes to cities, nations, states. Come on. It, this is big. So it's, not, it's good for us to know because I want to go into heaven. I want to get my legal right, and I want everything dropped. And the only way to do that is to walk under the blood. And I'm clean and I'm pure. And, the, and then we go to that place, right? 
and then we begin to decree, and we begin to intercede. Iniquity, sin, that's what this is. Iniquity is sin in the bloodline. And it's a curse that's against the family line. Because I said, I had a conversation with my, my wife. What did I do? I didn't do anything. But there was suicide down the line, right around my birthday time. I didn't do anything. I'm just sorry. My aunt committed suicide at, like, November 4th, like, right before my birthday. Right? And I didn't know about it my whole life till like, she found it. <laughs> right? I didn't know the date. I knew that it happened, but I didn't know the season. So then I'm wondering why every time it's, like, October, November, I get into, like, hitting waves. Right? Messed up stuff, Right? So here's what the Holy Spirit wants you to do, right? Understand this. It's a curse that's against the family line. What does it do? It brings legal right in, it, to, for the enemy to come and tempt you in any given area. I'm talking open doors, guys. And what we want to do is we want to shut all the doors. And this, listen, don't go spinning off of this and getting all messed up next week. Because this, this is a perfect teaching for everyone to leave here going, I don't know if I'm even saved. I, you know, <laughs> I'm telling you. All right? Listen, the other thing is iniquity will fashion your identity. You don't think that you're redeemed. You don't think that your mind is, is okay, that you have the mind of Christ. You don't think because of things that you've perpetually thought in the past. And God wants to set us free from our thinking. I know it's always that. But there's power in, in what I'm saying, right? And, it want, and it's there. Number three, it's to detour your destiny. Iniquity will derail you. I'm telling you now. It was clear as day this week. It will try and derail you. as far as long, You can fight all day warfare. And it's not going to help. I'm telling you right now. You, and, the, and listen, I feel like we, we see these isolated scriptures about warfare and warring in the heavens. It's for angelic beings to do. The wrestling is not for us to do. You don't do it. You get legal authority and you release angelic activity, and then that breaks strongholds and regions in your life and all those things. Are you hearing me? Okay. Psalm 139, this goes with detouring your destiny. Verse 16, your eyes saw my substance, yet being unformed, and in your book they were all written. Listen, you're, you, you were, listen when you were born, you were born into a family bloodline, unfortunately. 